<clears throat> yeah, this morning I heard this Matthew McConaughey motivational speech. Um, and he was talking about how it it's about more about where you don't want to be. It's more about where you don't belong and who you don't belong with. And um, <clears throat> it's all the, the knots. Like if you get rid of every place that contradicts you that 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 rubs you the wrong way every bad influence if you take all of that out of your life he's he said that that's how you find success it's it's how you find your identity it's more about eliminating than it is about finding he said basically by the process of eliminating the, the the truth will just show up when you eliminate everything that you're not in your life and you you know eliminate all the the who's the what the where's the the hows you know all of those things that don't feel right or that are are having a negative impact in your life uh, once you get those out of the way. It's about getting things out of the way. That's how you find it. It's not by looking. It's about removing. <laughs> That's what his point was. And it was it was like, I love it when I hear things like that because I'm like, oh. And it's so awesome because it's a completely different way of looking at something. It's, it's funny because that... It's weird. I've been doing that a lot, um, especially. I mean, no, I'm just doing that a lot. That a lot. Period. I was going to say, especially with careers. I guess mainly careers, but just with all kinds of things like relationships, everything. I've been thinking. I've been growing this. I've been going through this process just naturally. It's like, oh, I'm glad I don't have a job like that. Oh, I'm glad I don't. I'm glad I don't do that. You know what I mean? Like constantly throughout the day, and I'm like. For some of that might be great. I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. I'm so glad that's not what I do. So I've been doing that a lot. And then also in terms of, nope, I don't, I don't like that in relationships. Or even I don't like that about, I don't like that about, how about I say, I don't like that about me because that's not really me. Does that mean like I'm not like putting myself down? I'm like, oh, this is something that I do or something that I've been thinking for a long time or every short term of time, but I don't like that. And that's not me. The reason I don't like it is because, oh, that's not me. So, okay. So I kind of eliminate, I, I have been going through that process, just eliminating certain things, eliminating um, certain thoughts, ideas, um, like paths. Like, no, I don't, I don't like that path. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I look at it. Uh, if you're motivated by competition, that's a form of fear. So a solid person is motivated, is, is not, doesn't need fear to motivate them. <clears throat> they don't need any form of fear to motivate them. And I think fear is something that is immature if somebody isn't developed or they're not not secure 
if they're very insecure, then maybe they need fear to motivate them every day. Maybe they need someone to be in their face. <laughs> maybe they need that. Maybe, maybe some children, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> Not that I have ever really spanked my kids because I haven't, but it, you know, the idea behind that is if you're a child, yeah, I mean, you, you know, touching the oven may be about more about fear when it's hot. <clears throat> and, and then as you get older, it becomes more logical. You're like, well, that'd be stupid to touch a hot grill, you know, <laughs> and you just don't do it. There's not any fear there anymore. Or, you know, talking to strangers when you're, you know, I just, if I see somebody that isn't behaving Right. I'm not, you know, I might not just walk up to them alone and try to make a conversation with them, but it's not that I'm afraid of them. It's just, it's like that person doesn't look stable. So I might, you know, stay away from that person, but it's not fear. It, and I think when you can get to a point where you don't need fear to motivate you. And, and so what I'm getting at is a lot of organizations, they, they they use dysfunction to grow the company. They they use the dysfunction of the average person to 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 make progress. So that's where you know because meetings generally are a waste of time. And in fact, in most organizations, when there's a meeting, there's a lot of people who are probably sitting there going, "Okay, what?" Where's the manipulation? Like, if there's a meeting call, it's automatically like they're they're looking for, you know, the that one point of the meeting. It might start off positive with a bunch of nice things, and then ah, here we go. Now we're going the other direction, and and so like buttering up or flattering one person excessively to try to like make everybody else feel you know, motivated by fear, like, wow, I, you know, cause jealousy is a form of fear too. So when, when some bosses will just blow up one of the employees, like, isn't he amazing? Yeah. <laughs> and then all the other ones are like, I want to be amazing. So <clears throat> the question is, is there a company in existence that, you know, completely avoids the manipulation probably not but if i was a manager i'd probably look at if i was just focusing on running a functional company i would i would use fear secretly one-on-one -on -one with that person if if they needed that if they were immature and if all i cared about was growing my company and i didn't care about that person as a human being i would take them aside and i would say you know it would just tell them whatever I needed to just to I don't get believe them. That, that, I'm sorry but I don't believe that you do that because you just said if I did not believe if I didn't care about them as a person what I know about you maybe you may I've never seen you in the workplace what I know about you is you care about people so it would be very um surprising to me if you made a decision of, oh I really don't really care about this person as a person I just want them to produce that would be surprising to me. Exactly. And I've never done it. 
I've, uh, the only time I've ever employed fear is if I knew somebody was on, on uh, shaky ground, <clears throat> I might say, look, either, you know, find a way to get your numbers up or you probably should start looking for another job because there's, you know, rumblings in the, you know, upper level. And so it was like, in a way, trying to help that person not hurt well, them. That's and, because that's because Brene Brown has a book called Dare to Lead, and I love her quote: "Clear is kind, unclear is unkind." I have no problem with that. So what you just told me is actually not not based on fear. It's based off just the facts of hey, let me be real clear with you. That's loving. That's caring about the person. Let me be real clear. Here's where you're at. You got to get to these numbers um, or this is going to happen. Yeah, because I think now, fear... I imagine you would you'd say, I'm here to help you. If you want to stay in this job and you want to get your numbers up, I will do anything I can to help you. But we need to you need to understand this. This is the baseline. And what might be best for you, maybe this is not the place for you and there's something better for you. If this is the place for you, you're just going through a hard time, we will figure it out if that's what you want to do. Right. And the same kinds of folks who can be scared into success can also be scared into failure because the exact same fear that took them to the top is going to be the same fear that trips them when they get to the top and they end up rolling down so they fall as fast as they climb. Fear is like a dull sword. You can use it to intimidate people. You could wave it around. But if you try to take that fear into a real battlefield, it's not going to be capable, you know, to to a degree. I mean, other than for intimidation. And if you could you could scare your kids all day long, but you know, if your kids are motivated by fear or if your employees are motivated by fear, as soon as you're not around. <laughs> when the cat's away, the mice will play. So yeah, I think the- I hear, I hear, I, one thing I really like what you said is that just the general concept. You didn't say it like this, but um, good leaders they lead situationally, and they lead according to the person, not themselves. So they will say, "Here's the situation. Here's the type of person I'm I'm dealing with." This will help this person, whereas this approach won't help this person. It might be reversed with another person. So I really like what you said that and about the same situation. And I also think what I hear you saying is um, you can use fear. It can be, um, it can be useful uh, in a pragmatic way. Um, but I also think what you're saying is that that's that's not the goal the goal is is love and so it's never to seek your own self-interest it's even with that one person that you mentioned where you talk about fear it was it it was more along the lines of here's the reality let me be very clear got to meet these numbers and if not, you, you might want to start looking for another job. It's very. Yeah, I mean, and then there's two ways to coach 
like like say you're coaching tackle football, you can get in people's face, you can make their life hell, you can make threats, you could, you know, and that person genuinely could win games if you scare them enough, or if you beat them down enough and make them feel like they need to, you know, succeed in some way. Because if they don't, they're a failure, right? So, uh, and and you might win a lot of games that way, but eventually that that athlete and you know you see a lot of athletes that are very good athletes but like in the NFL you hear about them getting arrested domestic violence you know uh, drug addiction other problems and i you know i think we we live in this this society that is all built on extremes that's the problem um, if you, if you, any extreme is dysfunctional, if you go too far to grow a company, you're going to end up hurting your employees. So any, any extreme, you know, and, and trying to make something work that isn't working is another, uh, problem. That might be the fear of somebody to fire an employee. You know, they, they, they let someone stay on staff longer than they should because they're afraid. And so all they're doing is holding that person back by not firing them. <laughs> so that's not very loving. <laughs> Sometimes the most loving thing you could do is say, you'll be better. You'll probably be better at something else, you know, and, and, and after ample, you know, warnings, just set somebody free to go pursue you know, something that matches better with their character and, and their characteristics. So uh, I just look at life like everything's so extreme. It's not, and it's never healthy. If you have to, something is so important and you're willing to compromise who you are to go after it, it's wrong. It's just clearly it's not who you are. It's, if you if, if that's the extent that you, it, you know, the, the, the more somebody wants or needs something, the more likely it's some kind of obsession that maybe they need to reevaluate, you know, their goals because <laughs> you see a lot of people ruining their lives, trying to go after something and they're giving everything else up uh, on the way there. And then by the time they get there, they, they, it's a bittersweet victory because they, they've got their trophies, but that's about all they have. And, and, uh, those trophies become meaningless. Um, there were some, uh, what was that? There was some Buddhist documentary. I can't remember what. But basically, it was about this this guy that was going to be in the Olympics as a gymnast, and uh, he uh, had an accident. And being a, an Olympic gymnast was everything to him. Um, but then he has this accident, and the you know the only thing he ever worked for was being in the Olympics, and now he's crippled and he can't you know accomplish it. And to see his whole life just end at that point, 
And then, you know, the rest of the movie is about how he gets back to reality, how he finds himself. But he meets some Buddhist guy that some Zen guy that starts mentoring him. And um, I can't remember what the name of that movie was, though, because it's been a long time. But great, great example of throwing your life away for shallow success and, and losing everything, you know, not not even knowing who you are because everything is about this one thing in your life. Well, as you say that, I, I completely agree in, in the sense of like somebody can be obsessed and lose themselves, right? And so maybe in a sense, the universe is like, okay, you've lost yourself in this. So it's time to get, understand who you are and get back to who you are and the real meaning of life and joy and love. And, um, and I think that's, that's a wonderful thing. But I don't think, in fact, I think it can be really good if somebody is obsessed with something um, because it helps them um, understand themselves better and share who they are with the world and add value. So I could see in the same situation somebody who doesn't have that accent and they could possibly obsess with it just because they see beauty in gymnastics. It's what they were created to do. It inspires people. And so that could be a great thing too. So I just say that because sometimes it can be wonderful to be obsessed if if it's a byproduct of who you really are, because you're really, it's discovering who you are and giving that to other people in the world. Right. And you, it's kind of like in the case where you only have so many Olympic gymnasts, it would be like believing you could win the lottery and you made it all about that. And every day you thought, what, you know, what numbers make sense? You know, what should I play? What, what, you know, how much, and you spend all your money on the lottery and you say, I believe this, this is my goal. I'm going to win it eventually. I believe it, you know, and then someday you just die <laughs> and you sit your entire life. <laughs> and all it was was nothing more than a gambling addiction, right? <laughs> a dysfunction. And so there are kids, for example, that they, they, their stats and, you know, football. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me back up a second, though, Josh. What do you, if that person really believed that every single day of their life and they lived as if that was true, is that a bad life? <laughs> full of joy like oh right maybe because this is happening that's the that's the whole ignorance is bliss philosophy that that and i know only ignorance in hindsight if that doesn't happen another story is oh that person believes that for 20 years it hasn't happened but they've lived like it and then they do hit the lottery. And there's like, wow, <laughs> goals and dreams are being fulfilled with that lottery. That's another story. <laughs> right. And, and, and 
how much of this life is already an illusion anyways. In other words, we're nothing more than, than a construct. We have invented our identity, who we are. When we look in the mirror, is entirely created by us. We define the, the person that we are. And it's based on our life experiences and our beliefs, which may or may not be true. So when you really break it all down, every single person on this planet, to some extent, is living in a, a completely fabricated illusion. But if at the end of the day, that person is happy because they've, they're living in such a way that gives them hope or faith or, you know, courage, no matter what that pursuit might be, then maybe, you know, happiness is the only pursuit. You know, maybe that's something that, but then it goes back to the whole idea of if you're pursuing happiness, you're probably not happy. Yeah, because it's always something out of your reach. Right. And, and so there's the whole Zen philosophy of attachment creating misery in your life. And what does a person look like when they are unattached and, and not, not to the extent that obviously what I'm talking about is attachment to external, external pursuits that make us misery, miserable because we fluctuate, we're fluctuating constantly. One day we achieve our goal and we're, you know, we, we convince ourselves that we're happy in that. But if that were true, then on the next day when we fail to achieve our goal, we wouldn't be so, you know, easily disturbed by that. And so the question is, how can somebody live their life so attached to the end result that they can't live in the present moment they're so focused on the end result that they are sabotaging their success in other words what if an nfl athlete was so worried about losing that he couldn't concentrate on the game and that's the dysfunction that i'm i'm talking about you can't be that attached to the end result you can't be so obsessive over success that you, because that in, in and of itself is fear in, in a toxic level that will ultimately hold you back. So then you have someone who's just naturally talented and they enjoy the game of football and they go out on the field and they just play and they play and they play. It's, it's them. It's who they are. And, it feels natural and they don't and and maybe they don't even care about winning they're just so proud to be out there playing and they feel so good in their own skin and they're they're they themselves as a player are succeeding whether or not the team wins or loses it's their success because true success is attached to 
who you truly are as a person and not who you wish you were. So if you eliminate all of those things, you're not. If you eliminate all the people, in fact, sounds funny because I, and sometimes on Facebook, I hear people whining. They're like, if you want to see how people, how much people really care, move to another state and watch how your friends, you know, they, they just pretty much act like you don't exist. You know, they don't call your care anymore or you come to back to your hometown to visit and they can't even take 20 minutes to cruise across town to see you <laughs> when you're visiting right <laughs> or here's the funniest illusion rack up a bunch of friends on facebook supposed friends and then leave for a while and <laughs> you realize that people were not in love with you as a person, they were in love with some of the ideas that you were throwing out there. They were in love with the, the, the curiosity you created, the, the, uh, the conversations that were the result of you. They were in love with everything about you except you. So what that means is when you're gone, they just find another person that creates that curiosity and mystery and that generates those conversations. And so they're, it's plug and play, you know, that's not about you as a person. A lot, a lot jobs are a lot like that, actually. Um, you, you know, even if you're a super successful employee at a company, you're replaceable. They may not want to lose you, but, they'll find somebody that can do as good a job as you and you'll be forgotten. <laughs> so that's kind of the world we live in. Yeah, I think that um, it's interesting. I was a couple things this morning that stuck out to me and, and my learning was, one guy of three things. I, I love this guy. I listened to a podcast with Lewis Howes. I, I don't know this guy's name. Um, well, Jason Harris, I think maybe. But he has a book. I don't remember the name of the book. But a chapter in the book um, is Never Be Closing. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I absolutely love that. Because you probably know that it's a takeoff of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross's always be closing the ABCs of sales. Right. Right. He said this, he's, and he, and I, and you know, I've thought that too. I've, you know, I've read Carnegie's how to win friends and how to win friends and influence people and other books like that. that were from the twenties and the thirties and they're still perennial bestsellers, but that was in a different era. And in this era today, people want, authenticity we're in a different spirit a different age people want authenticity they don't they want people in it for the relationship for the long term for genuineness for true connection for for what is real and um and kind of along with that so one of his uh things like there's the question was okay if you could only leave three things behind that people would remember about you one of them was be yourself. And I love that because like, you know what? His idea is just be yourself. And that's really what um, life is about. And also another 
uh, book I was reading talked about um, love, and you know you can't you can't give something unless you first have it. So as you were talking about people loving you in these different scenarios, I, my thought kept on going back to doesn't really matter if you love yourself because if you love yourself really, it doesn't matter whether they love you or not. I mean, I mean, it just, just doesn't. Now, if you love yourself, people will love you and you'll be able to love other people better. In order to take care of number two, you have to take care of number one. Um, and so I, what you were saying just kind of were, was bringing up some of those thoughts for me. Well, on this, here's a good test on whether or not you are happy. And I would say happiness is loving yourself for who you are. Sometimes that means loving yourself too much to stay the way you are. You know, that old saying, God loves you just the way you are. He loves you, you know, but and, and even more so, you know, he loves you where he's not going to keep you that way. You know, like he's going to, if you can be brave and go within yourself and you can find things that are creating pain, the pain points in your, in your life in your soul, then that takes courage. So here's the, funny, the, the, if the, the reason why insults hurt, this is the test I was talking about. Why does it hurt and bother us when somebody insults us? And and to the to various degrees, you insult one person, they fly off the handle and they get super angry. You insult another person and then they might just get a little offended. You insult another person and they just kind of keep on walking. <laughs> they don't care, right? An insult only hurts to the degree that you believe that insult. The way you react to that insult is a true measurement of that. So people who get insulted easily, it's because they're literally believing a high percentage of the insults. You're stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. That really makes me mad. This person figured out how stupid I am, and now they're saying it out loud. Oh my God, what if someone else hears it? The truth is out. I'm stupid and the whole world now knows because I was on Facebook and this guy said I was stupid and now everybody else sees it and they know I'm stupid and that really makes me mad. Okay. So, that wouldn't matter you at all. You wouldn't be sitting there going, oh no, am I a pink elephant? Oh no. <laughs> Or, or your spiritual beliefs are backwards. Oh my God! You know, I, I because you're you're afraid. That's why people like Deepak Chopra say belief is the stupidest thing ever. Uh, the idea behind belief is if you have to say you believe in something, you don't believe in it. If you have to go out there and tell people, I believe in this, belief should not even be in your vocabulary. That's not even a... Are there? Can you hear me? Hello? Can, can you hear me? Can you hear Hello? me? Hello? Hello? Hey. I can hear you. Can you hear me? 
speakerphone. I wonder why. Hmm. Uh, you said Deepak Chopra said what about belief? Oh, you know what my phone always does so when I when it when I my screen times out, it puts you on the earpiece, and then I have to hit it my uh, phone button to bring the screen back up, and then all of a sudden you come back on speakerphone. It's like this this uh, system is a little buggy, oh, but there you go. So so belief belief the idea behind belief is is silly. I don't need to believe in anything. You just live your life and you base it on experience and and you know things. As time goes on, you know if that insult hurt me, it's because I believe there's some truth in that insult and I, I'm doubting myself if someone's going to insult me uh, I, I'm going to and I'm offended by it it's because there's a certain percentage of, of belief in that insult so you can't say I love myself or I believe I love myself that's, that's not true self love if someone can just come around with a single insult and rock your world it's silly so you want to disarm a bully? Love yourself. They'll walk by and you'll barely even hear their insults. You'll keep on going with your life. You want to, you know, escalate the situation? Believe a bully's insults. Compete compete with a bully because that's what they're doing anyways to begin with. They're trying to compete with you. That's why they're poking you. And you'll get into a scuffle with a bully because... You, you ultimately are trying to disprove all the toxic beliefs you have in yourself that because you don't really believe in yourself. And it, it's crazy. A bully has no power over somebody who just keeps on walking. You, you have to be within hitting distance, within hearing distance, within psychological vulnerability distance from a bully for them to have an impact on you. And, and so, I mean, in success, you know, you go to, you're going to go to a lot of job interviews and, and, and I hated job interviews because I was letting that person judge my character and, and characteristics. And <laughs> what if you just went on a job interview? What if it wasn't about whether you were good enough? <laughs> what if you just said, this person's either going to like me or they're not. And if they like me, they're going to hire me. <laughs> well, here's my take. I used to not like job interviews either, but I've really changed. My goal in a job interview, my whole goal is to see if there's a good fit. So it's all about, for me, it's all about me. I mean, I want, for them, I want them to get the right person. For me, I want to get the right situation. Um, and so my whole goal is truth and authenticity from both sides to figure out what they're really like, where they're really at, what their product and service is really, what value it really offers, what the culture is really like. And for me, it's to be as real as possible saying, yeah, okay, here, here's me. Here's me. And as I see myself in this role, here's yeah, here's what I really want to be doing in five or 10 years. Maybe it has nothing to do with that job. It was like, yeah, you know what? I've seen myself in this world for two years, maybe max. I like to accomplish these things. And 
and then maybe there's a different position in the company possibly, or maybe I can, I continue to do this if I like it. I'm not sure. I see myself in this role for maybe two years or, you know, whatever the case may be, but just to be real, because it doesn't do anybody any good to, um, and so, and just to enjoy the process to me. And even like with dress, like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and I, I, I don't like to wear suits and ties. That's, that's not me. I don't want to do that. If, uh, and so I'm like, you know, if it's a more of a dress, I don't mind wearing a, a blazer and a shirt and some slacks. That's cool. Um, but I'm not going to sit there and, you know, wear a suit to an interview and pretend like that's what I like and that's who I am. Um, I mean, I used to, I did that in the past and I hated interviews because it was always about, Oh, like you said, will they like me? Am I good enough? Um, <laughs> it's a date. That. It's like, that. A, it's like a date. Like it, I, I always, I think about it. Like, yeah, you, you know, uh, makeup. Okay. They're going to find out how you look anyway someday if it works out. So <laughs> it's like when I see all these makeup commercials, I always laugh. <laughs> you went. What were you going to say? Uh, you, I missed that last thing that you said. What did you say? It's like makeup. I see all these makeup commercials and I always laugh because I think to myself, they're going to find out how you really look eventually. So what's the point, right? And you're not, it, 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 you know, if a woman treats a date like they're auditioning for a, an acting role, <laughs> then they're an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Then you get it down the road, and they're like, how come every guy I end up with is a jerk? <laughs> Maybe you're a bad actor. Maybe you were a great actor on the first couple of dates. <laughs> so I, I, the world is becoming increasingly vulnerable because the internet keeps us honest to the point where you see people posting less on Facebook nowadays. Why? Because all of a sudden we all woke up one day and we said, I now see why that person is posting all these happy photos of their family because their life is miserable <laughs> and it's, it's acting. They're trying to convince the world, right? That their family's really happy. And the more they try, the more everyone knows. Why does this person keep posting pictures of their family every single day? Or with their, I used to make comments like, you know, when you see couples like a wife start, you know, posting on her husband's wall every other day, it's like a dog peeing on a fire hydrant. He's my man. And I want everyone to know. And that's more about insecurity and owning him. Right. And then the other side of it is the same with a guy. A guy can try to own his wife on the It's because completely insecure is he feels like his marriage is completely vulnerable and he's got to own her and so as time went on facebook has become less popular because people started to realize don't put yourself out there because it it's becoming horribly obvious 
when people do that, when they overact, when they oversell, when they, you know, when their life is just so jacked up that they got to be cryptic, like I'm sitting in the emergency room right now and that's their status. <laughs> and everybody's like, well, why, you know, and they won't straight up answer it. It's like, why did you tell people that? Tell them what's wrong. Yeah, there you go. It's it it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty interesting world. I actually think your comment about you know people in today's world are just looking for authenticity. They just they want a, a they want real something real. And, and and you're also your point about so what about pursuing a six something you know in your life so what if you're obsessed about wanting the lottery as long as you're happy or maybe one day you just might fall on your face you might spend all your money trying to win the lottery you might go bankrupt and then you might have nowhere to look when you're laying there on your back but up and then you might get up and you might actually find it figure out who you are just because you spent yourself almost to death pursuing something and then you wake up. And so, sure, failure, failures. You think that alcohol makes you feel good. So you, you know, drink until you, you know, can't function anymore. And then one day when you have nobody in your life, you know, you, you wake up and you're like, oh, this isn't working. So then maybe you go back to make a pursuit. And you succeed because you find yourself in that failure. And so, yeah. And you know, I have a whole list of people in my life. Some of them are, you know, they're, they're trucking down the right path. They're, they're doing something that matches their characteristics and they're succeeding and they're happy. And there's also the idea that there is no such thing as failure. There's only learning. Right. And there's only loving yourself. And if you love yourself, then how could you ever fail? There, you know, there's a, on, on, on Facebook lady came out as a lesbian and she had been a Christian missionary for years in Africa married to this gentleman taking care of orphans feeding the hungry taking donations their whole life was fueled by donations from the u.s posting beautiful little stories and pictures and things and then one day she's like i'm a lesbian and i'm leaving and i'm going to this back to the states and everybody was like shocked like wow like some people are shocked in a proud way, like we're proud of you for having the courage to be who you are and to even put your life at risk. Um, but then there was others that were very mean to her. And so I've watched this couple and they're like fish out of water right now. They are hyper posting and he today posted, is it okay to not want to be 
you know, single or something to not need somebody. That's what he said. Is it okay to not need to, 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 to need somebody? I think he said, and then everyone started talking about whether it's, it's okay to need somebody in your life. And so I see these two people completely questioning who they are, like, and they're doing it publicly, which in some ways takes a lot of courage. But again, on Facebook, everyone knows they're like watching going, wow, this is really sad. These people have completely lost themselves. And now he's in Africa with, you know, some of the kids and she's in the United States with some of the other kids and, and everyone's watching and they're doing it publicly. And so situations like that are a great learning experience for anyone who observes the benefit that that provides in some way, even though there's a certain amount of patheticness in it and a certain amount of courageousness in it, because nothing's ever all black or white. It's all gray. It was good and bad and everything. Um, We can all learn something, you know, they didn't love themselves. They, they played this role for a while and, or maybe they grew, maybe they changed over time. I know that they ended up in a lot of church movements where there was a lot of church persecution involved. So maybe they grew, maybe they outgrew church in some ways, you know, the Christian Protestant church scene, maybe they completely outgrew it and now they don't fit in the role. She's a lesbian and now he's a, a lonely missionary floundering to try to figure his life out without 